Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after this quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hey, this is Alana. Welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm here with Jamie, and we are so glad that you all joined us. How are you, Jamie? I'm doing well. I'm glad I found my microphone today. That's right. a big part of recording. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you could do it in sign language, but then only people who know sign language and who watch on YouTube would get anything out of it. So That's right. That could be a very cool addition, though, is, you know, having that would be cool. kind of a pop-up episode. Yeah. I love going to church services where they have an interpreter because it's so interesting to watch. It's, um, yeah, it's very engaging. It is. It's very cool. Well, we are glad that you are all here and happy new year. If we have not said that before in another episode. So hopefully your year is off to a great start. And I don't know, this sort of has new year feel to it. Our theme today, wouldn't you say? Oh, I think it definitely does. Yeah things that we don't do anymore in our prayer lives. So it's almost like an anti-New Year's resolution, <laughs> things yeah. that we are uh, resolving to not do or have, you know, over time learned to or are trying to learn to let go of. So yeah, we're glad you all joined us today. And I guess we'll open up in a time of prayer together. God, we just thank you so much for this time together. And just to be able to look at some of the things that, we are able to let go of things that maybe we have done before because of holding on too tightly to them or because we had a different understanding of who you are or how prayer works. Um, we just pray for open minds, um, teachability, that we would constantly be learning, that we would constantly be holding the things that we do open-handed to what you want for us and and to, to growing in our understanding of scripture, to growing in our understanding of who you are and how you want to work through prayer. I just pray that we would never be prideful in the ways that we pray or the the traditions or things that we hold on to um, just for the sake of, of doing them. I pray that you would teach us to, um, to pray like you want us to pray and to just be constantly learning and growing closer to you. Amen. And in Amen. light of that kind of idea of letting go of things, um, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, and 12 is our verse of the day from the NIV. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And I don't know if this particularly, I think this is more of an analogy maybe of kind of this the way that i interpret it is maybe this is kind of an analogy of what we see now of who god mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. in 
contrast to knowing really who God is when we, uh, you know, fully know him, like there's no way of knowing him, but that there's this idea of we see God now, even the fullest knowing of God as humans is still just like a, a tiny baby in comparison to the full, the fullness of who he is and who will be revealed to us, I think in eternity. But I think this theme is like, you know, let's, let's put aside the ways of before as we grow, as Mm -hmm. we learn, as we mature in our faith. And yeah. So I thought that was kind of applicable. Yeah. I was reading an interesting book. I think it was one of my husband's textbooks back when he was in Bible college and it was talking about free will and God's sovereignty. And like, how do you fit together the fact that we, I can choose to raise my right hand right now, but that God is totally sovereign over everything as well. And um, the author of this book was talking about how, like in his mind, it doesn't have to be an either or, which is, I think, kind of where I've settled on to. And the way he explained it is like, imagine there are two twins in the womb and they're able to talk to each other. And one of the twins is saying like, yeah, I hear that after we're in the womb, we're going to be in this world where there's light and color and temperature and faces. And the other twin is like, no, that, that doesn't make any sense. Like how could any of those things exist? This is all there is. And it was just a neat picture. I've gone back to that multiple times for those questions that we don't with our limited knowledge, they don't make sense or we can't answer, but how, yeah, someone after they're born, they're like, well, of course you start in the womb and then you go into the real world. <laughs> and it's kind of an analogy like, you know, by the time you get to heaven, you and I in a 150 years are going to be perhaps theoretically sitting down, drinking coffee together and talking about, yeah, do you remember those 80 years that we were on earth and like how we thought that that was all there was to life? And <laughs> Yeah, I do. I, I I like thinking in those terms because there are things that unsettle us about so many things, about things we read in the Bible, things that we can't reconcile, things that we don't understand how they can be held in, in the same uh, reality about God, you know, and, and so it is, that is kind of my go-to is picturing that time and just telling myself, you know what, there's going to be a time when it's going to just be like, oh, well, of course, of course, this is how it is, you know? And, and I think that's not to negate the importance of trying to work out your faith and work Mm -hmm. out your understanding, Mm -hmm. but to be able to let go of some of those things and knowing that you may never know the specifics of certain aspects. Exactly. And I think it can also... Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) But it can also be a reminder to not be like extremely dogmatic about certain things that are controversial or mysterious, or, you know, one person can read the Bible and come away saying, oh, this is how the end times are going to be. And another person reads the same chapters and same verses and says, no, this is how the end times is going to be or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just... I'm very okay with not knowing a lot of things and being like, yeah, we'll figure it out when we get to heaven. Yeah. Not that that's for everybody, which again, like you said, I think it's, it's nice to dive into some of these discussions, but for me, I dive into these kinds of discussions and debates for the intellectual stimulation and not because my faith hinges on knowing 
what free will versus God's sovereignty means, you know, or, or these kinds of questions that come up. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the key is having faith in God himself and not in our doctrine, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. Our doctrine, if our doc, if, if an element of our doctrine were to be somehow dismantled, would it still be okay? And I, exactly. you know, then you definitely are treading, you know, on thin ice sometimes when people are like, well, then what do you believe? Because I'm not mm -hmm. definitely not a proponent of throwing everything out and saying, oh, everyone can believe whatever they want. I believe there are absolute truths. Mm -hmm. I just don't know that I always know what those are definitively exactly and i think them. it's really it smart is, yeah. to not have your faith hinge on some of these side issues you know like i've heard pastors talk about how there there's no other intelligent life in the entire universe okay so first of all if there's no intelligent life outside of what God created on earth, then what are angels and demons? <laughs> Second of all, like where in the Bible does it say that? Now, I, I don't, I'm not saying that like aliens are outside my bedroom window at night, but what I am saying is if your faith hinges on the fact that the only species with intelligence in the entire universe is humans, then let's say that they discover a microbe on Pluto and it's got DNA and maybe it even has like this itty bitty um, nerve, uh, like nervous system. For some Christians, that could be enough to completely shatter their faith. Where for me, I'm like, cool, God made life in all kinds of areas, you know? So I don't know. There were certain areas where I'm very okay saying that, um, yeah. Should, should my expectations about life and, you know, or the end times or how God created the world, should that be proven wrong when I get to heaven or even somehow in my lifetime, like that doesn't shake my faith. Your, if your faith is hinging on like 500 things, kind of like, you know, go back to whenever it was the 1500s when people thought, okay, God made the world. Therefore the world must be the center of the universe. Therefore, the sun must orbit the earth. Therefore, if it's proven that the sun um, doesn't orbit the earth, then God can't be real. Like that's, that's a huge jump that we don't need to make. Yeah. And I think those are good examples of, of those fringe things that are, um, you know, we're not talking about, did Jesus walk the earth? Was, was, was he just mm -hmm. a, a myth? You know, I, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't want people to to think that we're saying that it doesn't matter what you believe, period. Yeah. All right. So hopefully we haven't alienated 90% of our listeners. <laughs> no pun intended. Let's, yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's dive into our just for fun. That's right. Well, right. yeah. Our just well, for fun. Go ahead. I was just going to to say we're not planning on making this a heavy-handed topic. So that's probably as a that was our three minutes of not even heavy-handed, but this is yeah this is meant to be just kind of a fun light topic of things that we're not doing in our prayer lives anymore. So uh, yeah, just for fun, if there is one thing you do regularly in your life today that you wish you never had to do again, what would it be? 
I just have to say the first thing that comes to mind is so I'm sure there's something that if I really had this ability to not do something again, there would be something better, Mm -hmm. but folding laundry, it is my bane. Like I just, I've got piles of clean clothes and I don't mind doing laundry, but it's the folding. And I tell you, I, I need to get the kids to do it for Mm -hmm. themselves. I need to get everyone involved, but at this moment, I've got piles of clean laundry again, and I need a system, but I keep talking about that. So I really, really what I should say that I do regularly that I wish I never had to do again, it's say that I wish I was doing something (laughs) that I know I need to actually just do. Right. No, that makes sense (laughs) because yeah, the dread of it can be so much worse. It is. It's not a big deal. So I'm sure there's something better, but at this moment in my life, I'm, I'm definitely over the folding. So what about you? Uh, Probably going to the dentist. That is Um, not my thing at all. So um, I will sign the box for perfect teeth, no toothaches, no cavities, never have to get a cleaning, never have to sit in a dentist chair for the rest of my life. Yeah. See, yours is much better than mine. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have, we should do a poll. If you could get rid of ever doing laundry or ever going to the dentist, because the dentist is like twice a year max usually, you know? So yeah, but depending think- on the, like the scope of the dental visit, like, you yeah. know, most of them are probably fine, but there are some that you're just like, Oh, this wasn't fun. Well, yeah. I get kind of panicky even oh, just for yeah. a cleaning. That's so. not good. That's no fun. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, again, like we keep going into these like terrible, heavy-handed things. We're this is we're trying to, to keep it. This was like a episode. fun episode. This, yeah. <laughs> so I I heard another podcast that was like things I don't do anymore, and I loved it. I was like, oh, what's the next one? Like it was really fun. I thought, well, let's mm-hmm. do that for prayer. What are the things I love that. that we don't do anymore? And I'm sure that the list will change. And yeah, yeah. Well, I'll start with one. Um, And that is trying to pray like other people Mm -hmm. Um, as in like, I think a lot of us, and maybe this is more common if you grow up in the church, I'm not sure, but um, we sort of get this feeling that there's one right way to pray or like, oh, that's a, that's a really good prayer. Oh, that's, that's not, you know, that prayer is not very eloquent. Therefore they must not have as good of a relationship with God or that person's really long-winded. They must be extra spiritual or even not in a corporate setting, but that comparison, oh, Jamie gets up at seven every morning and does her quiet time before she does anything else. If I need to be a, a great believer, I need to be more like Jamie, you know, that kind of feeling. Yeah. The comparison thing is definitely, um, it's hard because it's, you know, I, I, I'm in the same boat I had for many years. Um, especially when I first kind of started walking with the Lord, like I would look around at other people and I think all of us in, in college is kind of when it was. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like all of us sort of had this, okay, we want to do the right thing. We want to look like we're doing the right thing. We've got our journals open. We're writing during the sermon. We're, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure that we're like checking all the boxes and not to say that any of the things that were being done were wrong. They were all great things. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think I did some of them for the wrong reasons. I'm not going to judge anybody else, but Mm -hmm. for some of the, some of them, it was because I wanted people to know 
And I think I had something to prove because I was like, well, I was not living the way I should have been for a while. I made some choices that probably weren't what God wanted for me. I want Mm -hmm. people to know that now I'm all in, like I'm that girl, right? I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm worthy of being called a Christian. Right. And I'm glad that I've been able to let go of that. I think probably, you know, just the stage of life I'm in is makes that easier, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. It doesn't mean that when I find myself, maybe I'm more comfortable where I am right now. I could see maybe falling back into some of those old things. If I was thrust into a situation where I was with new people and I wanted to Mm -hmm. make sure they got the right impression or, you know, but right now I don't have anybody to impress. I just, I am who I am. Um, Mm -hmm. I would like to think that I'm confident enough that I wouldn't, but I'm not, I'm not above I'm not yeah. above being insecure. Well, I think that that's so something really cool for our younger listeners. You know, like I remember being in middle school and thinking like I can't wait till I get to high school when people are more mature. And then you oh get to high school goodness. and you're like, okay, yeah, no. So I can't wait till I'm an adult and then people will be more mature. And then you get to adulthood and like, oh, like people just don't change. And there is a sense of freedom. Like to me, it happened probably in my early thirties and I wish it could have happened sooner where you do just kind of stop worrying as much about what are people thinking of me? And I, I heard this really cute conversation. I think it was in, um, a book I was reading and someone was talking about, yeah, by the time I got to 30, I just stopped wondering what, you know, worrying about what people we're thinking about me. And then she was talking to like an 80 year old. It's like, okay, well, you'll know you're actually really mature when you get to the age where you realize they were never thinking about you at all. I'm not sure I'm there yet, but that's, I guess that's the next step that we have to look forward to is realize, oh, they were never thinking about us for a minute, but especially for, for younger listeners who that does feel like, I remember for me, some of it was like in college, you wanted to find like a, a solid Christian husband. And so like you would, you would say all the super spiritual things when you prayed and, you know, in a way it was kind of that same sort of thing. It was like, I want to send the right message so that I can find the right man. And it is kind of exhausting because there is a sort of pretense to that. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, eventually you outgrow that, which is really nice. And again, like if I had any, go back wish it would be, I wish I could have learned that, you know, a few years earlier and just stopped worrying as much. Oh, I know. I think about that all the time. Just if I could just go back and say to my, however old self, like, don't worry about it, loosen up. Mm -hmm. And I see it in my kids Mm -hmm. too. And I'm just like, like, I wish they understood that the stakes aren't that high, that that life is so much more than the tiny little world you're focused on right now. Mm Have you heard about our free virtual prayer conference coming up in just one week? Mark your calendars for January 23rd, 24th, and 25th for the second Praying Christian Women online conference. You are not going to want to miss it. During these three days, you'll hear from 23 speakers, and each session is totally free for 24 hours after each one goes live. So sign up today at prayingchristianwomen.com slash conference 2023. Our theme for the year is Battle Plan for the New Year, and each power-packed day is designed to help you create your own prayer battle plan for 2023. So don't wait. Visit prayingchristianwomen.com slash conference 2023 so you don't miss out. 
and we cannot wait to see you there. Um, but yeah, I think comparison though can also be um, where I struggle with comparison now is not so much trying to pray like someone else in, in terms of outward um, projection, but um, just feeling like the impression that I get from other people is that they are better at making time for prayer or better mm-hmm. at being consistent or whatever. And, and I just kind of feel guilt, guilt yeah. is, you know, creeping in, but that's kind of one of mine that I came up with is, um, what I try not to do anymore, at least is I don't really succumb to prayer guilt as much. Cause when I feel that comparison welling up, I feel that, Ooh, she, she must just pray all the time for her family mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. she, she's filled up her prayer journal. When's the last time I even cracked mine open? Um, mm-hmm. and the guilt creeps in that guilt is a trigger for me to just pray. Like I just tell myself, okay, wait, mm-hmm. you have this feeling you're not helping anything by wallowing. Cause I love to right. wallow. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, comforting to it's me. your comfy space yeah like a pig in mud <laughs> and Aww. it's not productive it is not so I just I it's become guilt and comparison have become my trigger to pray and to just be like okay God it's just you and me and that's okay like this is yeah. and, and to remind myself it's just you and God and mm-hmm. my communication with him it doesn't have to look like everyone else's it doesn't have to come at the same time or with the same frequency or look like anybody else's and yeah yeah I think with comparison kind of a metaphor that comes to mind is like imagine you're dating a a widower and he's super super into you and you like start figuring out the kinds of clothes his wife wore the places she would go, the way she would laugh, the way she'd do her hair. And like, you try to copy that. Like, mm-hmm. I think we, like, I think we could all be like, Ooh, like that's kind of icky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but sometimes when we come to God being like, Oh, I know Jamie's one of your favorites. And so I'm going to make myself look and act just like Jamie. When, when God's like, no, I, w- I want to know who you are. That's good. I think that's a great comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know one of the things kind of on my list is like, and and I guess this kind of ties along too with prayer guilt is I don't make it like a daily check mark in that I don't, I don't need my prayers to look the same from one day to another. And this is so different. I don't know if, if you were like this through like high school youth group, that was like almost the only message, read your Bible and pray every day. Like if you do nothing, like if there's no other takeaway, read your Bible, pray every day. And okay, those are great. And discipline is great. And habits are great. But especially as moms, like I had a 72 hour labor and delivery. I don't think that I'm meant to feel guilty if I didn't open my Bible in a 24 hour period during that time. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Exactly. you know, I, and early on, I would put a lot of pressure on myself. It was this kind of thing. And and I've talked about doing this in my parenting too. What I would do is I would find, I would like collect everything that people said was a good thing 
and I would try to do it every single day. Mm. Um, so like the, the dieting and nutrition equivalent would be like, okay, I know that blueberries and kale and walnuts are all good for me. So I have to eat all of those every single day. Right. And, oh, and then a week from now, I read an article that probiotics are good for me. So now I'm adding, you know, yogurt and fermented foods. So pretty soon I'd be eating like 10,000 calories a day <laughs> if I'm trying to do like every single one of those things a day. So for me, I've learned to, and we use this analogy all the time. Yes, talking to your spouse is important, but it's not as though uh, you need 20 minutes every day, 8 a.m. to 8.20 a.m. doing nothing but talking with your spouse in order to have a strong relationship. If a lot of time goes by and we aren't connecting, it's important for us to plan like some extra time, right? Like a, a prolonged day together or something like that. Other times it's totally fine to just chitty chat as we go about our lives. So for me, it's it's some of it's letting go of guilt, but it's also not emphasizing, okay, if I do this every day, then I'm okay. Because oh, one of two things happens. Like let's say you've got the magic 20 minutes. If, if you spend 20 minutes in prayer and Bible study a day, that's what it takes to be a disciplined Christian and a mature Christian, then one of two things is going to happen. Either you're not going to make it every day and feel guilty and feel like you can't come to God because he's going to be mad at you, or it's going to be the the other extreme is you're going to be like just patting yourself on your back so hard that you're going to like strain your shoulder <laughs> trying to get your hand back there, or it turns into oh, well, I gave God my 20 minutes, so and then the rest of the day is mine, right? Like I, I spent my 20 minutes talking to my husband while we drank coffee this morning. So I don't need to talk to him again the rest of the day. You know what I mean? It, it kind of turns into that. So yeah, that's one of mine is just getting more chill about this. Like every day you need to do X, Y, and Z. I think that's really good. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head with the, you know, I remember there was this wonderful man, Mr. Dennison. I still have, he was a he was an elderly gentleman. I don't know how old he must've mm -hmm. been in his eighties when he mm -hmm. was teaching us and it was maybe third grade or fourth grade or something, maybe fifth grade. You know, what's funny is he was probably like 35. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, wait, am I overdoing the age thing? Because now 70 <laughs> sounds really young to me. I know. Um, but I'm thinking he was in his eighties, seventies or eighties. Um, but he was a Sunday school teacher for our class mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. he gave us each the little tiny like New Testament with Psalms and Proverbs mm -hmm, books, the little tiny mm -hmm. pocket New Testament. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, he gave each of us in the class one of those. And I, I wrote in really bad handwriting, like my first cursive. So that tells Aww, you whatever cute. grade it was. It was given to, and I wrote my name and then by Mr. Dennison and I still have it. Aww, and really I tell sweet. my kids about him. He was such a cool guy and he was very charismatic, very like, um, not in the religious sense, but like just in as a personality, person, really mm -hmm. excited about God, excited Aww. about the Bible mm -hmm. and it was contagious. And so he, he encouraged us. He said, I challenge you to read the Bible every single day, read one chapter of the Bible every mm -hmm. day. So what I did, I did it for a long time. I don't know how long, mm -hmm. maybe a year. I don't know. But what I did though, was I had one really short Psalm that 
I had as my go-to if mm-hmm. I was running out of time or I didn't want to read a real whole chapter. Yeah. Flip to that Psalm and I would read it. Or sometimes, like I even remember being at a slumber party one time. I was at a sleepover with a friend and I had brought my Bible and I went up to her room while everyone was doing other stuff. And I did my reading, but I read my little short Psalm mm-hmm. and I had it so I could even memorize it. And like, it was, you know, did that, does that do anything? I mean, I love myself for trying, you know, it's like, I love Yeah, it is pretty adorable. That's great. Mm -hmm. But like, practically speaking, I think, like you said, as you mature, you realize checking it off the list, skimming Mm -hmm. through it really fast just to get it done Mm -hmm. without maybe even understanding anything you read and then not even worrying about God for the rest of the day. Exactly. Yeah. Not the point. So I think definitely being a little more open-handed with that kind of thing is good to be able to be like, yeah. Some of it's a question of why are you doing it? Right. Like, so I picture, you know, someone at their sleepover and, you know, I don't know, fifth, fifth grade girl at a sleepover and it's 11 at night. She knows her parents are probably getting close to going to sleep. It's like, Oh, I forgot to tell mom and dad. I love them. Let me like call and say goodnight to them. Like that's cute. And that's sweet. What's not cute and sweet is if this little girl is having an amazing time with her friends, they're having the best time in the world and they're giggling and laughing and it becomes midnight and she's like, oh no, I didn't tell mom and dad goodnight. They don't know that I love them. They're going to be so mad at me. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a big difference doing something out of love or out of kind of fear, you know, like when we, we've had a great year because our kids got to hang out with your family on two different occasions for, you know, a couple of days each. And yeah, Scott and I always managed to, you know, talk a little bit in the morning, talk a little bit in the evening, but it wasn't as though like you and I are watching TV and putting together puzzles and the kids are all running around. I'm like, Oh no, it's nine Oh two. And I haven't called my husband. Right. You know what I mean? Like there was, when I was in high school, a lot of my friends from youth group were involved in the young life um, in our community. And it kind of got elevated to this urban legend story where a bunch of people were, I think it was like camp counselors through some young life events. And one of them always woke up half an hour early to pray for the day. And one morning she was just really, really tired and didn't do that. And one of the campers broke their leg that day. And it was told as this warning story. If you make a commitment to wake up and pray and have your quiet time, everything's going to go okay. Oh my and goodness. if you forget, wow. then somebody's going to break a leg. Ooh, that's right? terrible. Ooh. It is because it's, it, you know, it's like, again, let's go back to like a, a mom with a little kid. And the little kid is really happy to see the mom, but the mom's like, oh, well, you didn't say good morning before you gave me a hug. So I'm not making you breakfast. Like it's that arbitrary. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm going to cut the arm off of your doll. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Oh, so you played with your doll before you came and gave me my good morning hug. Let's see how you like it when I, yeah. Yeah. Donate it to the thrift store. Like it really, it sets Scott up as this very vindictive almost like um, the jealous boyfriend kind yeah. of thing. Like, oh, so you like this thing more than you like me? Guess I'm going to rip it away from you. Right. I'll show yeah. you. Oh, yeah. that can be. Yeah. I could totally see that kind of thing 
like taking off though, that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. And everybody meant well, and it, it for sure was some good motivation to remember your quiet time, but it turned into a superstition Mm -hmm. and it turned into, again, it makes it all about you. Oh, everything went fine today because I woke up and prayed. Oh no, something horrible happened because God is punishing me that I didn't pray, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What else is on your list of things Um, you're not going to do? One kind of interesting thing as I was reflecting on the things that I don't do anymore that I realized is I don't pray last anymore when my kids and I are praying. Like it used to be we would get in a circle and pray for something or someone um, like before a hockey game or before a trip or something. And Mm -hmm. I used to always like tidy it up at the end. Like I would, Mm -hmm. I would, I would pray last and it would be like what I've come to realize. Yeah. I would be like, (laughs) let me make sure I cover everything. Uh But I started to realize that that might give them the impression that their prayers aren't good enough, that Mm -hmm. they pray these prayers. And then I come in and, you know, I pray my usually longer than theirs, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just didn't like, it didn't sit well with me. I thought, you know what, that's giving them this message that, well, Mm -hmm. mom's going to come in and pray now. And I didn't want that. So I don't do that anymore. Like I sometimes don't even pray. I let them do the praying Mm -hmm. and I don't prompt them. I'm just like, pray whatever God puts on your heart. And, and a lot of times I won't even pray after they pray anymore because they're getting older. And also Mm -hmm. just because like, you know, like I said, I don't want them to get that message that my prayers are somehow better just because I remember all the things Mm -hmm. or, you know, yeah. And then it's, well, what's the point? You know, like, it's kind of like the toddler, they brush their teeth and then mom comes and brushes after them. Well, then what's the point of them brushing them to begin with? If mom's just going to come and do it anyway. Right. And I mean, when they're little, I could see it being like you're modeling prayer for them. You're helping them to kind of glean from how you're praying. Not that Mm -hmm. they want to pray like you, but the kinds of things that we pray for and maybe the way that we approach God, like I could see that, but my kids are Mm -hmm. older now and it's Mm -hmm. just not at this point. I really, I want them to develop those skills without feeling like it's not enough because it's, it is, it totally is. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's really, really smart. And I don't think I would have ever made that connection of it feeling like kind of tidying up afterwards, but I could totally see that. That's cool. What, what about you? You have any more, any more on the list? Um, yeah. One is just I've become less censoring, especially of like my icky emotions and things like that. Like mm. I used to always try to come to God with my Sunday best. Yeah. You know, and let's say I was really, really disappointed about something I would always like I would tell God I was disappointed I wouldn't have a problem with that but then I would always make sure to flower it with but I know you're in control and I know that you're going to be working good things in this and every so often now I'm like God right now I'm just I'm not feeling any joy I'm not feeling any gratitude but I just I want to sit here with you so I think what I used to do is I would kind of bring myself to a more positive place before I started to pray. Mm -hmm. And now I'm more willing to just kind of jump in. And and sometimes what it looks like more of, it's less of like a monologue or a dialogue. And it's more just, I'm acknowledging that I feel pretty bad, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and there's not much more beyond that at the beginning. And I'm also, I'm not doing it in order to skip to the good stuff, right? 
it's just, yeah, God, this is, this is where I'm at. I'm, I'm worried about this. I'm feeling bad about this. I'm really discouraged about that. And then I, like, I put a period there. Whereas before I would have never felt comfortable <laughs> to put a period there. It would ha always have to be like a comma, but I know you're okay. And I, or I know you're good and that things are going to be okay. And yes, I do know that, but sometimes I have learned that I don't force myself to get to that more positive place. Um, I let that come a little bit more naturally. I really like that. And I think, um, you know, I could see like a progression in my prayer life where there was a time when I just asked God for things. And then I started becoming aware, like I like the acts method of prayer, you know, adoration, mm -hmm. praise, confession, thanksgiving and supplication, because it helps you get that well-rounded, like praying all the different ways. But I think mm -hmm. that, there was a time after I started doing that where I always, it was almost superstitious that I had to start with praise mm -hmm. and Thanksgiving and confession right. before I asked God for anything mm -hmm. because it was like, well, I, I need to, I need to butter God up. Like I didn't, I, I never know, thought that or feel. I never said it, but it's like, yeah, I need to let him know how great he is. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, you know, mm -hmm. it's like when the kids come to you wanting something and they're just right. like, really nice today, mom. I like what you did with your hair. Yeah, wow. You're looking really young. <laughs> anyway, I, I just really, I feel like, yeah, that there, there was kind of this idea that I had to put forth the, and, and I still love the acts prayer. And mm -hmm. I love reminding mm -hmm. myself to go to those places of, of praising God for who he is and thanking mm -hmm. him. Um, but I love that freedom there. There's so much freedom because it can be a form of procrastination with your prayer life to say, well, I've got to get myself tidied up a little bit. I got to get my mm -hmm. act together before I can mm -hmm. approach God. Or yeah. mm, I couldn't possibly come to God with my mascara running down my face. <laughs> attitude, right, you know, right. when I'm not feeling very good. So I like that because there is so much freedom because he knows anyway, he knows what you're thinking. Exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah. Well, you know, and it reminds me, it could be really um, an exaggerated example, but you know, I think most people listening have had an experience. Like I know for me, I, I, it's a kind of a long, complicated story. I know what happened in my brain, but basically like I almost switched lanes in front of a school bus. Like for some reason, like I knew the bus was there, but I kind of assumed it had already passed because I was looking at something else in my blind spot. And it was, I mean, it was that quick, like, oh, you know, and like you have time to say, help God. <laughs> And that's it. You don't have time to say, dear God, I want to give you adoration because of right. these qualities. And I want to thank you for these things. And I want to confess these sins. Oh, and by the way, will you please make this so that I don't die getting hit by a school right. bus? <laughs> right. Um, again, I, I think there's time for lots of different types of prayer. I, I love the acts method or things like that because it allows you to kind of be thorough. And it, I do like that it's, I like the natural progression that we start by focusing on God, but there's also times for help God prayers. There's also yes. times for God, I feel horrible right now and life kind of stinks prayers. You know, it's, I guess, so a big one for me, I used to, I think what's happened for me is my definition of what is prayer has changed. Like before yeah. 
prayer, um, like a help God. Well, that wasn't really a prayer. That was just you, like that was a reflex, right? Mm. Uh, prayer means you have time set aside and you open it this way and you close it that way. It starts with dear God, it ends with amen, you know? And for me, it's turned more into, no, prayer is being in communion with God that doesn't always mean that it's like a one or two way conversation nonstop. Sometimes it just means, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting in my office, looking out the window and I'm recognizing that God is there with me, you know, like we're mm-hmm. not carrying on a real deep conversation, but we are in communion. Yeah. And I, I like what you said about just being in God's presence and like, I'm just going to sit here because I I've discovered that I just think in the last couple of years, I can think of several times when I've just gone before God and literally just been like, I don't even know how to verbalize right now. And I don't have the energy to verbalize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm just there with God, like, okay, come on, Holy spirit, just translate intercede and, mm-hmm. and just standing in God's presence or your tears being prayers silently. Like, your emotions being prayers when Mm -hmm. held in God's presence. And I just think that, you know, prayer is just a a posture you take, Mm -hmm. whether you're Mm -hmm. doing dishes, whether you're whatever, um, and whether there are words or not, because I definitely, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm a, I'm a wordy person. And sometimes I feel like I have to bring words to the table, but you don't, I think that's a great thing Mm -hmm. to let go of. Yeah, for sure. Anything else on your list of no mores, your anti New Year's resolution list? I'm feeling rebellious. This list is like satisfying the rebellious <laughs> side of me. Like I'm this rebelling. is our I'm not doing, these things. I'm not doing these things anymore. Um, I think, uh, well, one of them is we kind of covered it. I'm not, I don't wait for the perfect time to pray anymore, which is, You know, there were, there are, it's like calling someone. I'm the worst about phone calls and calling people. And it's because I'm like, well, I need to wait till just the right time to call the person when Mm -hmm. I have lots of time, the kids aren't running around and Mm -hmm. I'm not distracted or driving. Um, and with God, I can be the same way. And so I, in the last, you know, maybe decade, I've kind of gotten away from that, like waiting for the perfect time to pray to just those practicing the presence of God things, you know, Mm -hmm, just being being with God rather than, I almost feel like I've had this, I've, I've been shifting from inviting, I don't know. It's like in inviting God into my plans is what it feels like when, when you take these little, you know, like, okay, I must take this set time to pray, Mm -hmm. but I'm more like, I want to be invited into God's plans. And so I'm picturing the day as God's picturing me Mm -hmm. walking in God's plans and just having kind of a, like undercurrent of awareness that he's there. Yeah. And, and so that, it's, it's more of like a paradigm shift than a practice, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I feel like if I do that and I'm like, God's always here. And so rather than waiting for that perfect time to pray, I, I try to just, you know, I'll just do the shout outs and that can be prayer kind of going along with what you said before. Yeah. But I do feel like with my personality and my, I don't know what to call it. I, I'm not really a planner per se. Mm -hmm. I can kind of be a little scattered. And so 
that can become an excuse. I will say that. Right. Because it can. I don't want to just be like, well, I don't need to have set times to pray because I right. do. I pray all the time. Yeah. yeah that, exactly. that is a common excuse people make. So I do find myself slipping into that. Like, well, I, I, I pray all the time. So I don't need to like set aside white space. But when mm-hmm. you do that, you, you do definitely need that, that quiet time. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, that's kind of a, um, kind of a double-edged sword there. And then yeah. I think the last one is get discouraged by distractions. At this point, I mm. love some of the episodes we've done on distractions, some of the courses where we've, you know, gone into tips for when you get distracted in prayer, but I just don't look at distractions anymore as, as a, a discouragement Right. Because we've kind of explored so many ways to really utilize distractions in a positive way, whether that's looking at prayer as exercise or um, Mm -hmm. when you're praying and things come to mind, writing them down to get them out of your head. And then you have a list Mm -hmm. at the end of what you need to do that day. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I think, again, it comes back to like picturing God as someone who's mad at you when your mind wanders, you know, or the referee with the checklist, like, Oh, she didn't go three minutes before she started daydreaming, you know, no gold star for her today. Right. Yeah. That's, that's not how it is at all. You know, like I, I picture like just hanging out with the kids. Like, yeah, I love when we have great dialogues. It's also kind of fun when we're just in the same room, sometimes talk and sometimes not, Yeah, you know, it can all be fellowship. Yeah. Well, what are you looking forward to this year? Hmm. I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to our conference. That's yeah. not an intended segue, but that I'm was not excited. intended, but it's really, it's really smooth. So tell, tell us about this conference, Jamie. This is the first time <laughs> hearing about it. Right. We are we are hosting our second, I won't say annual, because our last one was in 2021. This one will be in 2023, but our second Praying Christian Women online conference. Our theme is Battle Plan for the New Year. It's going to be taking place January 23rd, 24th, and 25th. And I am just, I'm really excited. Like we have 23 speakers total, including you and me, um, just 21 sessions over the course of three days. So it's going to be like a, just a power packed few days. And I'm excited about how the topics all just kind of fell into place and into categories that were easily divided Mm -hmm. up. And just, I've gotten some, you know, some of the talks have come in already and it's going to be incredible. It's going to be just great. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And if people want to sign up, you can go to prayingchristianwomen.com slash conference 2023. We would be thrilled to see you there. Yeah. What about about just kind of family wise and things like that? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, I would say we've got, we have a family trip planned to visit my Mm -hmm. dad coming up in February where all of us, all five of us are going to be in the same place at the same time, which doesn't happen all that often when we travel Uh these days because there's so many hockey trips. So that's exciting. I, we're going to get to uh, spend some time with my dad and my stepmom and some family. So that I'm very excited about that in February. And just in general, we've been doing some home improvement stuff, just not even like a whole lot of home improvement, mostly 
purging of stuff mm, and organizing. Space, yeah. So I'm really hoping that we can kind of, after being in this house for 10 years, I feel like five years in a house is the threshold for me where I start mm-hmm. to like get overwhelmed with the clutter the and the stuff. amount of stuff that we accumulate. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. we were moving much more frequently, it was way easier to kind of purge and yeah, move on as you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm looking forward to just kind of, uh, getting our house in order and, and then mm-hmm. some travel. How about you guys? Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's been fun to watch the kids getting older. Like by this fall, you and I will both have high school seniors. That's no, crazy to think so about. Crazy. Oh, I turned 40 this year. You did. So, well, I will. Yeah. You will. When, yep. is, when is your birthday? In April. In okay. April. April. All yeah. right. So I should I know this after to this that. long. See, this is another thing. I'm the worst birthday person. I'm not good. Is yours November? November. It is. Okay. Okay. That would, that would have been my guess, but yes. I figured I had a one in 12 chance. <laughs> yeah. So you will be 40 Yeah. This, this April I'm turning 40 and I am looking forward to that. It just, like I said, there was kind of a shift in my own like thinking about life and stuff, like in my early thirties and I'm kind of hoping that forties is going to be even better. So, you know, they're, they're saying now that forties, the new 30. So I might get to have like two great decades. <laughs> I think you will. It's you, you got in right at the right time when the, when, when 40 became the new 30. So I know like I was decades. 30 when the 30s <laughs> when 30 were full, was and 30. then I get to, <laughs> <laughs> and now I get to turn 40 when 40 is 30. So I get, I get my, uh, 30th decade twice. I don't know. But no, I'm, I actually am really looking forward to that. I know not every woman can say that, but I, it just sounds really exciting to me. Well, 40 was the year. So I'm 46. So mm-hmm. 40 was the year that I self-published my book that you helped okay. me with. For and me, that it was 30, was, my first yeah. book. So mm-hmm. 40 was like when I, I remember it was just either just, I think it was just before or just, I think it was just before mm-hmm. my 40th birthday that I yeah. published it and got to see it. And then the illumination award that I got uh-huh. yeah like either on my birthday or oh. around my birthday. And I was just like, wow, this is like the best birthday, the best year ever. So 40 yeah. was such a good year for me. I was like, this oh, is that's so, so cool. cool. And in my mind, I was like, look, this might this part of my life is just beginning. You know, we started the podcast around that time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was, it definitely a whole new season. 40s have been great. Well, it was similar for me because I turned 30 basically the same week my first novel got published and it felt the same. It was like everything cool started in my thirties, which isn't really true, but at least like my writing stuff started then. And so for me, I think it's kind of like, cool, 40s are probably going to be better. I don't know how, but <laughs> I think so, they will. Yeah. That'll I don't know. I, I feel sad when women like don't want to share their age or, or they feel like sad about it to me. It's, you know, I don't know. I think there's so many cool things about growing older, growing more mature. And a huge part of that is exactly what we've talked about. It's caring less about what other people think, being more comfortable in who you are, knowing yourself more and things like that. So yes, I'm definitely looking forward to turning 40. We should do something fun. We should plan something like an Anchorage or something. Oh, that would be great. That would be fun. All righty. Let's do it. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. Don't forget to sign up for our conference at prayingchristianwomen.com slash conference 2023. And it's and free. I don't know if we mentioned that, but it's a free maybe conference. Not. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. totally free. So the all sessions will be free for 24 hours after the event, after each 
one goes live. Each day, so yeah. 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 And I don't know, we just, we wish for all of you listening a great year as well. So how about if, if we each had to pull three uh, wishes, let's, let's replace our blessing today. Let's do three spontaneous wishes for our listeners. So my wish okay. is that nobody, everybody would rejoice it this year. They get to turn a year older mm-hmm. and that people will be hmm, excited looking forward to the new year. Cause I know like <laughs> there's a lot of people like, Oh no, another year, but I don't know, just that there, there is that feeling of kind of new opportunities, new blessings. Mm-hmm. And how about, I just hope that everybody finds like some really great encouragement and inspiration to kick their year off. Well, I love that. How about you? I, I would pray health because I know this has been probably the worst cold and flu season that I've oh, yeah, heard of anyone. Everyone just seems to be yeah. ill mm-hmm. and not to mention people that are struggling with serious illness. So yep. health and wellness and wholeness. Um, I would say spiritual connection to God would, you know, just that that would be um, increased in the new year that, that, you know, everyone listening would find a way to connect with God in, in a way that resonates with them, you know, mm-hmm. in a way that's personal to them. Um, and I would say, I would pray for reconciliation. That's, that's a word mm. I'm thinking of that would be good yeah. for this year. If there's someone in your life that is estranged, if um, there's tension in a relationship or in your church or in your family, that, that there would be restoration and reconciliation today or this year. All right. Well, I guess we'll close, I'll close with prayer. God, we just thank you for this time and just pray all of these wishes and blessings over our listeners today. And um, just thank you so much for being able to come here and talk about prayer. Thank you for this podcast. Thank you for our upcoming conference. And um, thank you for each person listening. Please bless them abundantly. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show. And we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to him and change the world one prayer at a time.